This episode of Pet Resource Radio is sponsored by Hills. At Hills, their decades of science and research guide the company in creating nutrition that's a step ahead so pets and pet parents can enjoy every day together. As the U.S.'s number one veterinarian recommended pet food brand, knowledge is Hills' first ingredient. With 220-plus veterinarians, Ph.D. nutritionists, and food scientists working to develop breakthrough innovations in pet health. Hills Prescription Diet, Therapeutic Nutrition, plus the company's everyday foods, Hills Science Diet, Hills Healthy Advantage, and Hills Bioactive Recipe are sold at vet clinics and pet specialty retailers worldwide. For more information about Hills, their products, or their forward-thinking approach to nutrition, visit them at hillspet.com or hillsvet.com or connect with them on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Pet Resource Radio is sponsored by La Mega KC, Kansas City Spanish radio station. Listen online or at 100.5 FM. We're also sponsored by our friends at 1KC Radio. Listen at 100.1 in the KC Metro or online at 1kcradio.org. We've got Ray, Lindsay, and Kristen Roth back on the podcast to talk about our outreach efforts and how things have changed since the onset of the pandemic. Coming up on Pet Resource Radio. From the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, I'm Sierra Howe. And I'm Dave Shapiro. We're coming to you from our jam-packed building at the corner of 59th and Troost here in Kansas City. We're a nonprofit whose goal is to keep pets and people together. Yes, we are indeed. How are you doing, Sierra? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing okay, except that I'm desperately in need of a haircut. Um, I can cut hair. I can feel... I can give you a buzz cut. I won't say I can cut hair. <laughs> it's very limited on what I can do. No, I think... But, um, hey, look, uh, we're recording, recording this on, on payday, so Woo! I'll go. We're rich. Yep. For about five minutes. Um, so we've got Kristen Roth and Ray Lindsay back on the podcast to talk to us here in a bit. But first, a little pet news. So we know that dogs have a great sense of smell, right? Well, how about this? A new study out of Cornell University shows that there's actually a connection between a dog's sense of smell and how they see the world around them. Quote, we've never seen this connection between the nose and the occipital lobe, functionally the visual cortex in dogs, in any species, said Pip Johnson, assistant professor of clinical sciences and senior author of the paper, also owner of a great name. Quote, when we walk into a room, we primarily use our vision to work out where the door is, who's in the room, where the table is, she said. Whereas in dogs, this study shows that olfaction is really integrated with vision in terms of how they learn about their environment and orient themselves in it. Quote, knowing that there's that information freeway going between those two areas could be hugely comforting to owners of dogs with incurable eye diseases. Pretty cool. Yes, and I'm not surprised at all, yeah. honestly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense when you when you think about it. It's just it's I, I didn't. It's just so rare, you know. And that's the first thing they do whenever they meet someone or go somewhere new is they use their sense of smell to acclimate themselves and learn and explore and everything like that. And it kind of puts me at ease to know that pets with eye disease or those who are blind have an easier time. Right. That there's ways for them to navigate. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty, but up next is a heartfelt story that is probably one of my favorite segments of pet news that we've done so far. Kim Still is a nurse in Georgia, and she's being proclaimed a hero after she adopted one of her patient's dogs after she passed away in the hospital. 
The woman had no children or family nearby, and she expressed to Kim while she was still in the hospital that she was worried what would happen to her Chihuahua Mix Jacks when she passed. The patient's family informed Kim that they had relinquished the dog to a shelter, so the Georgia nurse wasted no time going down to fill out an application and adopt Jacks herself. Quote, I was very worried that he wasn't going to be given a good chance and would possibly be put down if he didn't get out of the shelter, she told the local news station. I'm never going to get rid of him. He's one of the most loving dogs ever. Kim is grateful to both her patient and Jax for, quote, totally changing her life. That's really sweet. I got goosebumps, y'all. And I've <laughs> read the story multiple times already, but I just love people who want to help people and pets. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, she's she's already a nurse. She's already like doing this full time and taking care of people. And I did read in the article that with her patient, Jax's owner, there was like an instant connection Mm. between her and the lady because she had no one. All she had was this dog. So she felt obligated like as her friend to take care of Jax since that's the only family he knew too. So yeah, definitely one of my faves. Yep. For sure. That's a, that's a, that's a winner. That's a real Mm -hmm. winner right there. Let's tell you what, why don't we go talk to Ray and Kristen? All righty. Outreach is a big part of what we do here at Pet Resource Center, and it's a big reason why we changed our name from Spay and Neuter Kansas City. Today on the show, we have Kristen Roth, PRCKC Director of Community Engagement, and Ray Lindsay, PRCKC Outreach and Resources Supervisor, to talk about the work they do in our community to keep pets happy, healthy, and with their families. Kristen, Ray, welcome to Pet Resource Radio. Thank you for having us. I want to say congratulations because you are both now a part of the Two Timers Club on the best podcast ever. (laughs) Yeah, we've done this twice now, huh? And what do we receive? (laughs) Friendship. (laughs) A hug. Oh, great. She loves those. Um, (laughs) So let's just start off by having each of you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do at PRCKC. Well, I'm Ray Lindsay. I am Outreach and Resource Supervisor. I've been here for a little over four years. I started in outreach and have been in outreach ever since. Um, I help get donations in the door and then get them back out into the community for the people who need them for their pets. I oversee all of our resource programs, for example, Pet Food Pantry, um, our partnership with K-State, our Uplift partnership where they go out to houseless communities with a doctor and help vaccinate pets. And I work with volunteers to get the community the needs that they need. Awesome. Kristen? My name is Kristen Roth. And uh, while now I'm doing a little bit more in operations over the organization as a whole, just about a month ago, um, for a couple of years, I had been mostly working with the mobile program, the outreach and resource program, and then the volunteer program as well as a little bit of community engagement. Awesome. And so now let's talk about outreach. What exactly is that and how long have we been doing it as an organization? Um, We have been doing outreach here first at Spay and Neuter Kansas City, now Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, since 2005. I think um, our CEO and founder, Michelle Rivera, 
figured out pretty quickly after establishing the organization that outreach was a huge need in Kansas City. So we have been out on the streets helping educate clients with um, how to be the best at pet owner that they can be. Uh, outreach is just that education and providing resources when available um, and helping where we can, whether that's here in the building, um, out in the community, in different areas of the state, if we have to go into rural parts of Missouri or Kansas to help bring services or resources places, we're happy to do that. So um, that's kind of what outreach is for us, just being out in the community, educating and helping wherever we can. When the pandemic first struck, it was a really scary time for everyone, but especially for our clients who were already needing some type of assistance with their pets prior to its fallout. What would you say were our community's biggest needs and how did we adapt to eliminate or alleviate some of those fears? When the pandemic hit, we weren't really sure what to do as an organization. We did have to uh, stop doing spay-neuter surgery because some of the drugs and medications that we use were being used for humans in life-saving measures. I actually did not know that. And so. PPE. A lot of the PPE we needed to function or jobs. to do our jobs was going to human medicine. Yeah. So we chose to keep going with two programs during kind of our brief closing one of those was to continue to give puppy and kitten boosters just to make sure young pets weren't getting sick. Uh, but the second, most of what we did every single day here was distribute pet food. And we were seeing people that we would have never seen before. People who had just lost their jobs were really unsure what to do. And going out to buy a $40 bag of pet food just was no longer in the budget. Or they were quarantined and they couldn't Exactly. Leave their house. Exactly. Each day we would talk with clients, get set up what they needed. We were blessed at that time to have um, quite a few pallets of food that we could give out. And, and that's just what we did every single day. I remember during that time getting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of forms filled out on our website for pet food. And we daily would, or weekly weekly. And we would come to work and distribute. We'd print all these documents out and distribute amongst the, what eight of us and ask everyone to make a call to clients who have requested help. And I remember just stacks of paperwork where that we would have to get through in that work day to contact everybody who has reached out for help. And 90% of it was pet food. Yeah. And it's, so it's kind of crazy to think that it's been over two years yeah. since that all happened. Ray, could you tell us what a week in outreach looks like? What kind of things is your team, which for those listening, that includes a handful of volunteers, but what do you do out in the community? Yeah, so thanks to our volunteers, we're able to get out in the field almost daily if we if we needed to. Um, we have three set-aside days, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, to get out in the community. Ramona and I, we're a small team of two, but we have a ton of volunteers supporting us that sign up weekly to go out with us. So um, there are days that Ramona goes out with a volunteer, and there are days that I go out with a volunteer, and sometimes we both go out with volunteers, and we're able to go to opposite neighborhoods and areas that we know there's a huge need. Um, it's When we're out in the community, we're doing welfare checks, we're picking up stray dogs if there's stray dogs on uh, out and about. If there's unfortunately a um, hit by a car pet and we can microchip scan it and inform the owners that their pet is deceased, we are equipped to do that out in the field. We do resource deliveries. We get contacted by donors to come pick up uh, donations for our clients. 
We have a partnership with K-State that the uh, once a month we get a doctor and some K-State students who go out in the field with us to, to do some community outreach. Um, we have weekly uplift uh, partnership where we go out in the evenings and help the houseless community with vaccinations, pet food, and resources. We patrol neighborhoods. If Sometimes if there isn't just a need, but we have the time to be out and about, we'll patrol because we know that that's when people stop us in the field and ask us for um, advice and help and education and business cards. I can't count how many times we're at a stoplight and somebody waves us down because they want to know what to do about this. I mean, you were with me a few weeks yeah, ago. You, even when you're wearing your work shirt, you get stopped at I the get, post I office, do. Yeah, I get a, a lot of requests for business cards um, on services that we provide. So, And just, everyone is always impressed about how much we do. I think that I think people knew feeling. about Spay and Neuter Kansas City and knew what Spay and Neuter Kansas City did. Once Pet Resource Center of Kansas City was um, established with the name change, people are shocked on how much we do. Yeah. And so Hence just the name change. Yeah. Um, I think that just being out in the community, driving around, talking to people is a huge benefit in our outreach program because they know that we're there to help. Yeah, and you touched a little bit about our partnerships, but Kristen, why is it important that we have those when doing outreach? Well, we are not a shelter. We are not a rescue. So we do need to partner with shelters and rescues, different animal control agencies, um, donors, anybody who can help us help our clients. Um, we also do a lot of labor and resource sharing amongst different animal welfare organizations in town. If we are rich in a resource, we're very happy to share with others. And sometimes that happens where you just get a ton of puppy food. And we're going to be able to use some of that puppy food, um, but there might be another organization who would benefit and vice versa. We get calls from other organizations frequently who have different things that they're open to sharing with us. So what would you say are some of the biggest rewards of working in outreach? I enjoy going to the pets' homes and seeing them in their element and seeing them in their most comfortable place. Sometimes it can backfire and, and the dog or actually just the dog will get protective. But getting that dog to understand that we're there to help is a pretty quick process. And then getting recognized time and time again, if we have a um, outreach client that we see frequently and I get a thrill out of being greeted by a dog who remembers me that I'm the one that brings the food or um, the cat that knows that we're dropping off food on their front porch and start loving on us when we get up on the front porch. I think it's fun to pull up at a house and a dog recognizes us and gets excited. So that's a few, a few dogs come to mind when I think of, yeah, for sure. And that's of part that. of um, the fun of having those repeat clients. And just to add to that, we're like Santa Claus every day. We're not <laughs> charging anything for anything we're doing in outreach. So we're just giving away free stuff all day to people who need it. And that's very rewarding. And a lot of people um, tend to greet us if they don't know what we're there to do and how we can help. We do get greeted with a kind of a barrier. Um, they aren't sure who we are if we're associated with animal control, if we're there to judge them, um, to scold them about anything. So it's nice to be able to say, you know, we're just here to help. We have these things on the truck. There's no catch. 
We're just wanting to make sure that your pet is living as you know comfortably and healthy as possible. And when we tell them about our vaccination services, our spay and neuter services, um, we win over people who are hesitant about what we're there to do pretty quickly and are able to um, turn their demeanor around when they realize that we're just there to help. And that's it. Yeah, that's one of my favorite of our core values is building trust. And so it's sometimes just having that conversation with someone and listening to them can can really make it or break it with somebody. So what would you say, or do you have any outreach stories that you'd like to share? Maybe a case where someone was on the verge of having to give up their pet, but we were able to step in and help, which prevented that from happening? I One that comes to mind for me it doesn't exactly answer your question, um, but That's one of okay. the one of the things that outreach the outreach team does is they transport for the urgent care services here at PRCKC. So if the outreach team is out of the building at any time, they could get called to go pick up a pet who's got an urgent need to get to the clinic. We'll do that for anybody who does not have access to transportation. Um, and the other day. Uh, Ray and I were both sitting in our offices and the urgent care doctor came in to see if we could take a client home. Um, It was really a cool experience. It was kind of sad. It was a very, very hot day and he had traveled quite a ways on foot with his little German shepherd, Bella, and she was pretty sick, but she made the whole travel. And so we, we went and met with him, got him into our vehicle with Bella and took him home. Um, and he, we told him, you know, our urgent care, we are able to transport. And so he was very thankful for that information. And he's contacted us since to do a pickup with Bella. But just the whole way back, he was so appreciative that he didn't have to walk in the heat, but more so that Bella was cool. And, yeah, and that's all people care about. Yeah. They only want their pet to to be taken care of, to have everything they need. And they would always put them before yeah. themselves. He, He told us time and time again on that five-minute car ride how thankful he was and how this was so much better for Bella because he didn't know how she was going to make it home. And it was super hot, like Kristen said. So I don't know how that would have worked out if our urgent care doctor didn't just come and ask for a favor, an easy thing that we already do. And if you want to see Bella, we did just update our Facebook cover (laughs) photo. And so that's her and her owner in the picture for our Double the Love campaign. Um, So what's next for our outreach team? Do we have any big projects coming up or on the horizon? We are on the streets frequently during the week. And then over the weekends, we are building the, the door is just opening and closing all the time. We have pet food pantry. We have our drive-through vaccination clinics. Um, We even have some different support groups that are going on here, but we would like to extend our outreach patrol into the weekends. And so inviting volunteers to sign up and, you know, come here, grab a loaded truck or, you know, load it with whatever they need and go out and continue the work that we're already doing during the week, checking in on cases or just on a severely hot or severely cold day, making sure that pets have everything they need if they're outdoors. So if you're interested in helping with that, 
listeners. Who can they reach out to? So the easiest way to sign up to volunteer is visit the website, www.prckc.org. You can either do a slash volunteer after that, or if you visit the homepage in the top right corner, there's a button that says volunteer and you complete your sign up. We'll contact you in a few days. We like for people to come in and meet with us or visit with us via Zoom before we get started. And that's always fun because you get a tour of the building in the middle of the hustle and bustle. So when you come in and get crazy, but it's a good crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But if you're doing like the weekend gig, it's almost nice to come in and see what goes on here Monday through Friday. Well, all righty. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you, Ray. It's always a pleasure having you on the show and I'll let you get back to getting out in the community and doing your thing. Thank you. Thank you. So, Dave. Yes. You've been talking about this game you've been playing nonstop, so I thought it would be a good idea to give you a forum to get it all out. Well, I appreciate that, Sierra. Uh, The game is called Stray, and if you play games, or even if you don't, you've probably heard about it. Um, You play as a little orange tabby separated from his siblings, lost in a walled city where humans no longer exist. It's available for PS4, PS5, and and, uh, PC. Not only is it popular because, well, cats, but publisher Annapurna did a bang-up job partnering with animal welfare organizations and cat cafes to promote the game and raise money for pets at the same time. Right? They were giving organizations download codes to raffle off, and the Nebraska Humane Society raised like $7,000. Yeah, exactly. It was a really smart way to promote the game because, you know, I mean, who do you think is your target market for this game, right? And so, of course, you downloaded it the moment you could. How is it? Of course, the first reaction is to the cute little tabby, but watch him move, watch him jump and climb and play with his siblings in the opening cutscene. And what's really apparent is the work that went into animating this cat. The best games give you ways to empathize with characters who, who maybe don't even speak, and that's exactly what's going on here. The behavior modeling is off the charts, and anyone with even a little grasp of cat body language is going to appreciate the way the game endears you to your nameless protagonist. But, you know, more than that, the level design forces you to think like a cat. Cats, they, they pay attention to vertical spaces. That's why they like, you know, towers and the tops of cabinets and places like that. The levels are designed in ways that encourage you to make use of vertical space to navigate around dangers, explore new corners of the world, and of course, cause trouble. Pipes, air conditioners, ledges, these all become stepping stones to new things. And of course, there's a dedicated meow button. Yes, get tired of exploring, just sit and meow for a while. Lala, a gray tabby, did all the vocalizations for the game. Now, there have to be stakes of some kind, so if you're averse to seeing cats in stressful situations, maybe sit this one out. But, you know, of course, it's not a real cat, and there aren't actually mutated strains of bacteria that are sentient and devour flesh, so it was pretty easy for me to divorce this from reality. So what's your overall feeling about the game? It's great. I I think there are a few things that could have been improved. Uh, Some of the city stages are so dense that it's easy to get lost, which can make it difficult to navigate at times. But I was able to make my way through it, which means, you know, most folks should be able to. But there's so much texture in the game because things are so dense. And the scarier parts of the game really filled me with a sense of dread, building a sense of urgency to figure out the puzzles they presented me with. And I won't lie, I was definitely crying at the end. It's a it's a very emotional journey. It's my favorite type of game. It, it hooked me emotionally. It's not too long. It took me like seven hours. And it had a conclusion that was satisfying and had characters that I became attached to. So I wanted to do right by them and help them. What's your rating for the game? Um, I would say, let's see, we do out of four four paws. I'd say a solid three paws. 
Mm, maybe good. maybe three paws, two toe beans. Um, yeah, I think that's probably it. So yeah, if well, I'm you're, glad you loved it. I did love it, and if you're in the market for a game, definitely check it out. We say goodbye to you, friends. Thanks again to Ray Lindsay and Kristen Roth for being on the show today. Not only can you learn about our outreach and mobile services on our website, but you can donate, volunteer, shop our online store, and more. Just head to prckc.org. If you're listening to us in your favorite podcasting app, rate us and leave us a review because that always helps people find us. And for the latest news, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at PRR Podcast on both platforms. So tailwags and purrs to you and yours, and we leave you with the poem, A Dog on His Master. By Billy Collins. As young as I look, I am growing older faster than he. Seven to one is the ratio they tend to say. Whatever the number, I will pass him one day and take the lead the way I do on our walks in the woods. And if this ever manages to cross his mind, it would be the sweetest shadow I have ever cast on snow or grass. Take care. Pet Resource Radio is a production of the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, written and co-hosted by Sierra Howe and Dave Shapiro, recorded, mixed, and mastered by Dave Shapiro, music by Hazel Rob Musical Industries, a.k.a. me. More info at soundcloud.com slash Hazel Musical Industries.